Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by the wonderful Ray Orsini from OIT and also MSB Media Network. Ray, how are you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you doing? If I already better, I'd be a twin. You said it last time. I'm saying it this time. <laughs> You're making sure I didn't get a chance to say it, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't let people steal my taglines because then what, what kind there of person go. would I be? There you go. So a lot of conversations I've been having, a lot of conversations I know you've been having as well, all center around... Uh, a concept, maybe a, uh, a divisive concept, a incendiary concept that is MSPs being operationally immature. A question I'd love to ask you, and I have no idea where this is going to go, but the MSP industry as a whole is deemed as more immature than other industries. Do you believe that statement? Are MSPs more operationally immature on average than the other businesses? Maybe. Um, so here's the thing. We absolutely... Our MSPs operationally mature, the context matters, right? So I've often said MSP is roughly 10 to 15 years behind enterprise. Um, we look at security and awareness training, right? Ben is a perfect example. Um, definitely not the first company to come into it. Um, definitely, in my opinion, the first company caters specifically to MSPs and the ways MSPs need. Um, but security and awareness training is not a unique thing. This has been happening in enterprise for a very long time. Um, look at Roost, uh, Pia. Um, the automation tools, right? So you have robotic process automation or AI or however you want to term it. This stuff has been happening. BPO has been happening in, a, in the enterprise space for 15, 20 years easily. And we're just starting to see these tools in the last couple of years in the MSP space. Um, so in terms of enterprise, 100%. We're not using centralized orchestration. We're not using third-party provisioning systems. We're not using least privilege. We're not using zero trust access. We still have MFA. We still have MSPs that argue about MFA. Right? I don't know what to do if my users don't want to do MFA. In that context, absolutely. Um, but if you look at the scope of what MSPs have an impact on, right? Um, small businesses. There's more small businesses than enterprises. Um, there's more MSPs um, taking care of these small businesses than even internal IT departments. Um, the scope of what an MSP sees just by just by the fact that they have dozens or sometimes hundreds or thousands of clients, they have an eagle eye view of things that an internal IT could never, or even a Fortune 500 IT firm could never, because maybe they're global, but still MSPs have a different kind of visibility across various platforms, various architectures, so on and so forth. So having all that, it can be a little different getting operationally mature because you have to deal with a lot of you know heterogeneous environments. But I do think it's on pace where it needs to be. I, we can always do better. Um, and in that context, uh, I'll, I'll use, uh, Amy, a former ConnectWise colleague, uh, now she went back to the private space. Um, but ConnectWise's former CF CMO, uh, was one of the things we talked about where she came from Microsoft and in the enterprise world, if you have something, you're quiet about it, right? Because you have investors, you have public, you don't want them to know. MSPs are different. MSPs are vocal, public, transparent. So we own our crap. We tell everybody else our crap and we genuinely try to do better. 
it may seem publicly that we're operationally immature. I think it's just we're more vocal about the opportunities for improvement and we're not scared to admit our fault and get working on it. So I think there is a perception issue there as well. Got it. So it's some about, you know, maybe there is uh, some truth to the statement that MSP industry is operationally immature, but it could also be as a result of us being uh, transparency was what we talked about on our last episode. So it could just be that we are more outspoken. We are more transparent. There is this certain, you know, not to, not to overuse an already overused phrase, but like being on the metal. It's like you're as an MSP, you're about as close to your clients as you could possibly be. Alex Farling and I on one of our previous episodes made that statement is these are people in your communities that you probably grew up with. You go to church with them. Your kids go play T-ball together. It's like, these aren't just businesses. These right. are people you're proud to serve and that you're proud to say you serve. So very different, very different relationship. And, and, and to that end, I mean, look at McDonald's. McDonald's is the Ford motor vehicle, the Henry Ford of fast food chains, right? The whole reason Raymond Crocker got, Raymond Crocker got into it is because he saw an opportunity for scale and standardization. And that's exactly what happened. Disney did the same thing. Rinse and repeat the scale. Well, MSPs do that too, but don't think for a second. McDonald's, as efficient and as ridiculously scaled as they are, their ice cream machines break all the time. There's stuff even they can't figure out, right? Now, whether it's on purpose or yeah. by mistake, go watch that YouTube video. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But the truth, Matt, the truth sounds the same. There's no organization that's perfect. That's why I bring up enterprises tend to keep it quiet while MSPs are more vocal. I don't think either one is less mature than the other. I think it's just different areas of attention that we're paying attention to. That makes a ton of sense. You, you made a statement that I'd really like to hone in on and discuss for a little bit. You said the MSP industry as a whole lags somewhere between 10 and 15 years behind enterprise. So to give a really pedantic example, you, you mentioned RPA, you mentioned SAT. I'll even say like SOAR products are, were super popular yeah. five years ago in the enterprise space, right? Five years yeah. from now, is it going to be popular in the MSP industry? Well, we're talking sock and sim now, right? Like SOAR comes up every once in a while. But it's Matt Lee, Jason Slagle. It's it's the usual very high, the Hunters people, Ethan Tancredi, John Hammond. It's those people, Matt Taubert. Those people are talking about SOAR. The average MSP, I've yet to see an MSP say, oh, what SOAR vendor do you use? It doesn't happen. Um, they're still talking SOC and sometimes they're still talking EDR, God's sakes. Like, you know what I mean? So, yes, I think uh, we're talking automation. SOAR is the next level of automation when it comes to SOC and SIM. Um, I think those areas of operational efficiency, we're going to start getting into. Um, and again, yes, we're 15 years behind enterprise because enterprise, you had to do this 10,000 times over. You better believe their onboarding is automated. You better believe their offboarding is off, off, off uh, automated because they had to. They had no choice. Well, MSPs are at the point now where we have so much information. It is impossible. We did uh, cybersecurity jeopardy um, yesterday with uh, Josh. It was run by Josh and then uh, not your Josh, my Josh. Uh, it was run by Josh, and we had Jason Slagle, uh, Tom Lawrence on, um, and, me. and you, uh, and you, and uh, myself. And um, even with that, Jason was mis well, he wasn't misquoting, he was quoting MS whatever. Remember, for the uh, the vulnerability of Microsoft one, we were calling it something else. Both are right, but and you have three people on the call, or four people on the call that are very security aware, very security minded, and still we're missing a bunch of stuff. These are subject matter experts, right? And you want to go watch it, go to youtube.com slash MSP Media Network. It's out. Um, but that's exactly my point. There's so much to keep track of 
MSPs are getting to the point of the only way I can do this is with automation, is with a better tool set, is with a different mindset. Um, and they're catching up. They're doing exactly what they need to do. How does this affect vendors in your mind? Um, I've made a statement. Maybe you agree or disagree with it. That is, if if the average MSP is operationally immature, the average vendor that serves them also is operationally immature. And it's just by nature of it takes, you know, if you look at the enterprise cybersecurity world and what it takes to be excellent there and be like a, the next, I know Snowflake's not necessarily a uh, cybersecurity company. A PC but firm, like, but yeah. Yeah. It counts. It's like, yeah. What would it take to be Snowflake level here in the MSP industry? Well, it's not up to the standard of Snowflake. It's something much different. Um, would you agree or disagree with that? Or do you have any commentary on that? So, so MSP vendors, take, take a journey with me. Um, Strapping in. <laughs> so employees, job candidates, right? Um, we go from when we're candidate rich environments to candidate poor environments. Everybody's struggling to find talent. They can't find it. This ebbs and flows throughout time. For the history of time, this has always been that way. Um, now, when times when there's more candidates than there are jobs, the candidates have the upper hand. I'm sorry, the, the job has the upper hand. When it's in reverse, the candidate has the upper hand. We are so used to the vendor setting the tone, the MSP following it, just like we're so used to the employer setting the tone and the candidate following it, that we forget we have power too. The MSP should be calling their vendor to the carpet and saying, how are you handling this? We talk about vendor due diligence. Like This is something I'm pushing myself, pushing everybody to do. What is your security posture? What are your DR procedures? How do you handle your data sovereignty? How do you, if I want to write the right to forget, even though I'm in the United States, I'm not governed by GDPR, how are you going to accomplish that? Um, because we hold a lot of security keys, right? We hold a lot of data and I want to make sure the data is gone when we, when we exit a vendor. These are questions to ask before we sign with the vendor, not afterward and then complain, why doesn't the vendor do this? Well, you never ask. Just like I talk about with candidates, all your potential employer to the carpet. What's my career growth going to look like? How do you, how are you going to cultivate it? What's my one-on-one status going to be with my employer? How, my manager, how often can I expect that? What are the raises look like? When do you do performance evaluations? What, how long have your employees been with you, right? What's your, your average tenure of employees? Ask these questions up front. And it doesn't matter if there's more jobs than employees. It doesn't make a difference. Qualify them. Okay. Because if you got a steak and you went to a fine dining restaurant, that steak was green when it got to your table, you'd better say something. Well, you're, we're getting green crap from a lot of vendors that are saying a lot of BS and we're taking it and give them our, giving them our credit card. Be stronger. Um, and I think that's what it's really going to take for MSPs to catch up. Uh, and they're doing it little by little. You, uh, you bring up a point. That's exactly why Wes, Kyle, and Alex created Empath. For those of you listening or watching, chatted with Alex in a, in a couple previous episodes about it, is I always say I make sure I'm very aware of competing incentives. And if a vendor is... I'm air quoting for those of you listening, educating you. Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool thing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, if an MS, if a vendor's educating you, you have to understand they're educating you in such a way that maybe it's the secondary benefit in most scenarios yep. is to have you sell more of their software. It is not to make sure you have a better time. It's not to generate additional security. That has to happen. That's like table stakes. If you're buying something, it's not creating security or helping you. You're not going to buy it. But that vendor builds all of their educational content around how can I help my clients sell more of my software? Yeah. And that's where communities like MMN, that's where communities like MSP Geek, that's where uh, Empath is trying to take the education is, hey, we have no competing incentives here. Our job is to help our MSP raise the tide because the boats have no option but to float up with it. 
Um, I, sure. I think, you know, that leads into your, sorry, I'm going to steal your uh, show notes here. That kind of leads perfectly into your last no, your last question of, you know, how can, what can be done to help MSPs get up to speed? I think it's that. I think MSPs are so good about community and collaboration with their peers, but yet there's a, still this, this great wall that it's MSPs or vendors and there's a combative relationship between the two. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of vendors that have done a lot to deserve that moniker. No question. Yeah. But then there's a lot of really, really, really good vendors. A lot of which I'm fortunate to call my friends, Wes, Alex, yourself, like, you know, even that Jamie guy, I don't know if I trust him, <laughs> uh, but you know, there's, there's lots of vendors that genuinely care about the MSP industry. A lot of us came from MSP, but regardless, there's a lot of vendors that do want to work with the MSPs to educate. And once you realize, yes, if I educate an MSP, you're going to sell more of my product. There's no way around that. Of course you are. But it also, if you can learn from it, if it can help you sell better, if it can make your company more profitable, that symbiotic relationship, just like when you're talking to another MSP, they could be your competition. That's absolutely possible. But you could also help each other. I think when that wall comes down between MSPs and vendors, I think this is going to accelerate and we'll get a lot closer to where enterprises are today. And honestly, I think we could surpass them. I think because MSP vendors come out faster than enterprise vendors come out. Um, we just haven't improved our vetting process yet. But when our vetting process and our collaboration processes improve with vendors, I think enterprise is going to be staring at us as to which direction to go. Somebody's got to secure small businesses and it's not going to be enterprises. And there's more small businesses than enterprises by like 300,000 to one. It's a ridiculous over gross, you know, flip of the uh, seesaw of the scale. Seesaw, yeah. And most employees in uh, America and the U.S. here at least are employed by small to medium-sized businesses. So somebody's going to do it. One yeah. of my buddies who um, he owns a SaaS company and he was thinking about getting into, you know, channel marketing and building in that direction, helping MSPs. Uh, he was asking me, what is it like? And uh, I jokingly made the statement, you know, when you go to a conference, it reminds me a lot of like high school dances, vendors on one side. MSPs on yes. the other. It's like, and sure, there's a couple of people that mingle in between, but I was like, you got to remember, it's like, uh, there's this like standoffishness that exists. And when I came into the industry, you know, I didn't have a career. I've never done anything other than, you know, go to college and flip houses. And now I'm doing this in this industry. So it was part that I didn't know any better and part that is like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to go make friends. But it turns out that that's exactly really yeah, well. what, what the people wanted is I want a vendor that I trust because. It's not a, na a faceless name. It's yeah. That's Connor. That's so and so. That's my buddy. That's who I got dinner with and broke bread with. Yeah. And that's that symbiotic relationship where I promise you, we screw up. OIT absolutely screws up. Uh, but when the partners know that, and I refer to them as partners, when the partners know that you're looking out for their best interests, and you know you're going to own your, you know, I, I refer to the uh, Navy SEAL uh, adage: embrace the suck. When you know you screwed up, but you're honest about it and transparent, you just get it solved for the MSPs. That matters to them. And they'd rather do business with them. Pricing is less of, I'm not saying it's completely gone. It's, excuse me, pricing is less of a concern when you have trust between the two. Uh, and the best relationships are between MSPs and vendors when they're working together. For, uh, for folks that want to learn a little bit more about you, more about MMN or anything you're, you're up to, or just connect with you, where would you suggest they go do that? So I'm OIT underscore Ray uh, on all the platforms, uh, Reddit or anywhere else. Um, constantly an MSP geek or an MIU. 
uh, easy places to reach me. I'll be at IT Nation Connect uh, the weekend of November 5th. Um, or just hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'll give you my LinkedIn thing. I think it's linkedin.com slash Ray Rossini. Um, and hit me up there. Love hearing from MSPs. Awesome. For those of you watching or listening, we'll have links to all that so you can connect with Ray and uh, shout obscenities from the rafters at him because he loves that. that I don't know. He's a sucker for it. <laughs> Love um, it. Ray, thanks so much for uh, joining me today and, and sharing your opinion on all this stuff. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, dude. Anytime, anytime. Folks, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll have Ray back on to talk about a few other important slash cool things. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.